Yeah. They cut off a lot of fingers in Korea, all right? Like, you're going to have to be more specific. It's like, dude, I cut off one of your fingers. It's not like I cut off four or five. Chill, you know? You know what my name used to be? It used to be Dick Chopper, all right? But I changed <laughs> the fingers. I finally watched. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Yeah, there's no and at the end of this. No, Um, there is not. This is our final uh, Korean movie of the month. And I, I don't think there's any real reason why we ended with this one. I think we just did the other ones first. But I think this is like a nice little like palate cleanser for some of the other crazier stuff we watched like old boy and mother um when you say like crazier stuff you mean more like super serious and depressing stuff and and violent and violent well this is violent too yeah it's fake fake violence and there's a lot of a lot of people that die or people you don't know you don't really care about you know what i mean yeah yeah um and I don't know, it's just funny. This is a very funny movie. And I always think it's um, it's a sign that a movie is really funny if it makes you laugh in another language, like The Untouchables was one that comes to mind. But, like, the fact that it can cross, like, language barriers to make other people laugh. I mean, I guess fart jokes and people falling down are funny in any language. But um, <laughs> the fact that that this makes me laugh so much, I think, is kind of shows how good it is and it's just like you know the action's a little over the top in places but it's fucking awesome it's over the top in a great way and so this is just like a nice little enjoyable movie uh to end things off with what do you think yeah I, I agree i mean you're right it, it's funny but it's also fun right like there's not a, a it, it reminds me back in like those 2007 movies, uh, 2006, 2007, that the studios just kind of pumped out uh, here in the States being all like, oh, it's just here's some like mindless action to like, you know, keep you going. Um, And even though like some of those have story, most of those did not have very good story. Those are just like fun adrenaline pump uh, pumpers. Um, This one felt like that in the sense that it was it almost kind of like i'm almost ready to call it an epic just because of the like the grandiose scale that it entertained you on but it had a really good story to go along with it you know it's a simple story it's like one of treasure hunting it's a point a to point b but the characters were interesting and I think what really kept this movie really interesting is that it didn't really just have one main character. It kind of had three, hence the name, right? The good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, and that's what we'll kind of just call these three main characters uh, while we talk about the film. Um, and I and I think, and I think you'd agree with me on this, is that the movie probably mostly focused on the weird character. Um, but it gave a lot, a lot, a lot of screen time to the other two to the point where I think it's almost even maybe because of the opening and the fact that he had the treasure map for a little bit longer than everyone else did. Um, that's why. And then the other character that probably was on it the most was the bad, just because he was kind of like the whole movie's antagonist. And then the good kind of came in about, you know, uh, once the the last 80% of the movie um or really came in the last 80% of the movie I, I would say but yeah no it was really fun and then i was trying to like describe it or or like talk about it later to someone after i watched it and it's funny to say but that's when it occurred to me how like fun it was is when i was like thinking back on it 
was like, yeah, you know, we're doing Korean month. We're watching all these Korean movies. And I told him about mother and old boy. And I just sounded like really depressed while I was describing them. And then I was talking about the good, the bad, the weird. And I was like, yeah. And then there was a train and then it blew up. And then the guy got spiked through the back because this guy who was really good at throwing spears. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Well, uh, to a point you made about like 17 points ago when you're talking about like American studios uh, in 2006 and 2007, I was like, when did the movie Shoot 'em Up come out? You know, Paul Giamatti and Clive Owen, 2007, which uh, yeah. is literally just the studios being like, we're not even going to hide what this is. And I actually like that movie a lot. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think the I think just based on like screen time and how much they have to do the weird. I was reading a, an interview and it was basically like. Uh, the weird drives the plot, the good drives the action, and then the bad drives sort of the drama of it, which is like exactly what this is. And I think because Can you say that again? the weird drives the story and the plot, the good, he drives the action, right? He is like the main action hero of this. Ah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. All and, then the, and the villain. The bad is the drama, right? Like his right. story of like going after the weird and, and all that. Um and I think that makes sense to it. And that also leads to the weird needing to have a little bit more screen time than the others. And I also think he's just probably, I don't think the others would disagree with this, that um, Kenko's song is just like, a, like the more accomplished actor of, you know, the movie. He's like one of the biggest, well, because at least of that. over here, Korean stars over here that we know of, but over there as well. Well, because of that, um, his character was probably the more interesting of the two. So, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, you're right though. This movie is just fun. Like in, in, uh, you know, when we, when we do these, I like, I kind of take notes of like plot and all that. And it's just like, all right, we're in a fight scene. It's just a fucking badass fight scene. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot to say, but just like, it's awesome. Like this moment is awesome. That moment is awesome. Um, and then it just sort of ties it together with these cool stories. And the other thing too, is like, have you, have you seen the good, the bad and the ugly? No, I haven't. So the first time I saw this, I hadn't seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I saw this in theaters in like 09 when it made it You saw this film, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, in theaters? I did, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, I, um, it's because it was back when I was in um, law school. And so I just like, instead of studying, just did like, there'd be like a random movie I'd go see and then there'd be another trailer in front of it. And this one, I mean, when you watch the trailer for this, you're like, that looks awesome. And so, yeah, I really <laughs> wanted to see it. And I, I did read that this made almost like no money in theaters over here, I want to say, or just not a lot, obviously. And I was like, I was, I was some of those dollars. <laughs> like, it, you know, it feels good. It made exactly was- $513. <gasps> I was part of the 13. Let's just get into it because this is a, I think this is the one that's, that's pretty fun to talk about. So, when the movie opens, they mention Manchuria a lot. And right. I was like, is that a fake thing? Like, I've never heard of that. And it makes you realize the way we study history is in the really US, fucked. It's like we it's <laughs> really about fucked. Europe. Now, well, we know we learn like the, the Chinese dynasties and then so, we get into like back to the US. So when when uh, they talk about Manchuria a lot. I was like, like the Manchurian Candidate, like the movie. Right. So I looked up the movie and I realized there were two movies. There's one back in the 60s and then there was like, I guess, a remake or, or a, a retelling of it. So the retelling is about the Gulf War. So I was pretty sure that that's not what I was interested in. So I went back to the 60s one. I read about the plot of the 60s one. The 60s one took place during the Korea War, uh, the Korean War. And so then I read about, I, I wikipedia the Korean War, and I read about the Korean War, and I realized, like, oh, it was during Japan's occupation of Korea and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, ah, that's when this movie took place. So this movie takes place in the early 1900s, like 1910, around that. Right. And Manchuria is, I believe, the term... When I looked it up, it's like the term that outsiders use to describe an area. I forget what the term for that is, but it's what like Japan and then I think what we would have described this area of basically like modern day Korea, 
Eastern China and Eastern Russia, just like that whole area, which is like right that borders the, the, the strait next to Japan, like the Pacific ocean area next to Japan. And, What's interesting. Um, well, I just want to say real quick that, um, the way you described this movie to me was a spaghetti Western, but Korean. And uh, with the title of the good, the bad and the weird, um, I guess you could, you know, come to that conclusion that it's uh, the name is knocked off from, from our Western, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, but that's I Italy's, don't... that's, that's Italy's Western. <laughs> Italy's Western, right? We just but take I credit don't... for it. <laughs> But I don't believe that they share a similar plot, right? Someone who's seen both. It's no, except for the ending is like very much an homage slash they asked the director about it. Someone did. And he's like, you know, is it a parody? Is it an homage? Is it a ripoff? And he was like, it's kind of all three. And I think the ending is the this was a point I was trying to make earlier. I think the ending is the thing that gets closest to that, where you basically have what in 2010 you would have called a Mexican standoff. And in 2022, I no longer know what we call that, which by the way, the other day uh, I was watching the great British bake off with my wife and they were doing Mexican week and they, not that anything was offensive, but they just used a bunch of terms that white people in America would think was offensive. That <laughs> You know what's funny, though? And, and most of my work and business is done in Mexico, and a lot of my coworkers are Mexican. And um, I talk about this with them a lot, is like, do, you know, do you find this offensive? Do you find this offensive? Because apparently in America, I can't call you this or say this and they're like what the fuck are you talking about like like no none of this is offensive and it's like if we call it a mexican standoff i was like do you find that offensive i i would put money on the fact that no one in that's actually mexican from mexico would ever find any of the half the stuff that we find offensive uh to say about them would find it offensive when they use the term on the great british bake-off mexican standoff i was like man it's just so it's like it's funny just like the way that things like don't translate to like, they don't know that in America we've decided that you probably shouldn't say that anymore. But anyway, like the, the ending of the good, the bad and the weird is similar in the, you have three guys standing there who are like, who's, Oh my God, just call it a Mexican standoff. We've established that that's okay. Have we? I don't know. I don't, I'm not recording. We're not recording from England. It doesn't matter. I'm like, you know, we're saying this tongue in cheek, but like the ending is very similar. Other than that, though, yeah, there's no the story is. I don't know. I need to rewatch the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, it takes place during like the civil you mean, wars. You mean the good, the bad, and the ugly? Well, also Ashley got mad because you know we're trying to. We needed to record this quickly. Ashley was like, "Oh, I thought we were going to watch that together." I was like, "I don't have any time to wait for you anymore." So now, I have, after we record this, I have to watch <laughs> it again with her. You know what's funny is Taylor said the same thing, especially since I go to Mexico tomorrow. She's like, "Yeah, I, I thought we were supposed to watch this." I was like, "Listen." You went on a work trip during the time that I had to watch this. It's not my fault that I now have to go on a trip. We'll we watch just, it when I come back. <laughs> should have just not rushed this. But yeah, anyway, back to uh, Manchuria. So that that whole part was very interesting. And it's like yeah, at certain points, what there's this just this white chick that I guess is supposed to be Russian that was at like the brothel, right? And then there's a bunch of characters that um, like the ghost market gang. I was like, they kind of almost look like. Mong, you know, Chinese or Mongolian, and I think they may have that was what they were supposed to be. And then there's this is Japanese. the same thing. This is the same thing that happened in Man of Nowhere, where some characters were like, "Do you speak Korean?" And you know, they had like the Chinese Korean translator. And so, and and in this movie, someone was questioning someone's um, fluency in Korean. And I was like, "It's happening again." Is there some like like fucking gang that's like Chinese and like I don't speak Chinese, Japanese, or Korean? No, I understand uh, either language. So I'm just reading the subtitles. I'm like, motherfucker, are they all speaking Chinese right now? <laughs> like, what's happening? Well, because at some points uh, you'd have uh, the weird who would be like, "Oh, I don't speak Korean," and he would say something, and I think it was his attempt at Chinese. And then other times people would speak to him, and he's like. I only know Korean. We don't speak Chinese to me or don't speak Japanese to me or whatever. Like so, the guys like, on the train, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The guys, I mean, the, what is his name? 
Katamaru. That's the other thing too, is when you're, when you're watching subtitles and listening to it, it's like really hard to sometimes they're speaking so fast because that's the language they know. And that's, you know, that's how we speak English. And it's like hard to pick up how they say names. Right. Because like when I see it was K-A-N-E-M-A-R-U. And I was like, I think that's a Japanese name. But I wasn't like picking up when they were saying it because they were talking so quickly. And then you see the character and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. There's like Japanese flags. If it ends in Maru, it's like 99% a Japanese (laughs) name. And then if it has a hyphen in it, it is 99% a Korean name. And that's that's the only like rule I put in my head when I watch these. I was like, this is this is what I have to tell myself. So the the movie basically starts out is the um the this kind of boss guy who's actually the big boss from the man from nowhere uh plays this character. He tells the bad like hey, deliver this map to this Japanese guy and then steal the map back. Or he tells it to somebody and then he goes to the bad and he's like, "Hey, we're going to deliver this map to this Japanese general. Steal it back." And steal it and on s- the way when it's on the train. Right. And so then we get to the train and it's pretty cool. Like uh, you may not have caught this, but we we're following the weird as he's going through the train and he sort of bumps into the good, but you don't really know who that is at this way. Oh, His I didn't notice is, that. Uh, D- uh, Park Doan, Park Doan. And um, yeah, he kind of bumps into him, which you don't notice unless you've seen the movie before or like kind of maybe, I don't know, looked at the poster, but um, he <laughs> goes, he goes through and he holds up the, the car with the Japanese general on it. And um, I really like how at the same time when the train gets stopped, like the the Japanese guys pull a gun on him. And because the train stops, he just like falls, uh, the weird falls over and just shoots everybody in like one motion, like as he's like, you know, getting knocked over by the train being completely stopped. Um, Yeah. Yeah, He kind of has, he kind of, it's funny too, right? Because the weird has like blind luck. The good is actually the most skilled probably out of all of them. And then the bad um, is the most like bloodthirsty. Like he's the most ambitious out of all of them. At least that's how I looked at it. And it was interesting giving those like three really different characters, those three really different traits, right? The other thing I noticed is that you first see the weird from the back um, and you know he, it's the weird just because of his outfit immediately. Like it, it is such an iconic outfit with his little hat and his like his goggles, his motorcycle goggles and everything like that. And so, you know, he's the weird and he's like posing as like, um, like a cookie salesman or something. And someone's like, Oh, I'll have one. And he's like, he just sits him back down. He's like, no. Um, and then when you see the bad, he has his hair in his face and he's all like, he wears like a jacket and he's like a popped collar and all he's black like moody and he has eyeliner. And I'm like, I'm like, and I hate, it's very like aesthetically pleasing, I guess, to have like your villain wear eyeliner, but you have to believe that that's the type of character that wakes up every morning, goes into the mirror and applies it. And that's not a character that I believe that would do that. But he had eyeliner on and, you know, he was bad. And then the good just looked like a good guy with like, you know, very like if if Clint Eastwood was Korean, that's what that guy would look like, you know. And the other thing, too, though, is something I read from the director, because when you watch this movie and it's got the names of it and you see that it's got three main guys, I think immediately in your head, you're like, all right, who's the weird? Who's the good? Who's the bad? And it's very easy to pick out based on the way they're dressed. But he was like, but I wanted to make the characters more complicated. And after reading that and thinking about it, it's like, they are, right? Because like we accept the good is good, right? But he's just a bounty hunter. We don't know right. like what, what, what agency does he work for that he's like going after these people. And the bad is going after this guy who chapped his finger off, you know, we find out in the end. And the weird is just going after money. So we're sort of ambivalent. But to, also you know, the weird... Him. The first the first time we meet the weird is he shoots up a train car full of seemingly innocent people, women and 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 whatnot. And so it's like, you know, it's like a morally gray line that we have for all of these characters. Um and and you know what? Maybe the good is named the good because, you know, he's not good, but he's just really good at like everything he does. <laughs> and the bads badass and then the weird it's like it's so weird how he doesn't die 
which I love how they establish that later. Um, so the bad. I want to ask he- you about that, but yeah, go ahead. The the bad starts he- uh, heading towards the Japanese car that the weirds already robbed, and then he hears a gunshot. And there's this moment where he like recognizes the gunshot. You know what I mean? He like kind of looks back, and it's like, yeah, he rec- he knows it's not one of his guys, but he almost knows like, oh, that's that's trouble. You know what I mean? He- and he sends some people after it. The gunshots from the weird. The good. Oh the. The good, the good, okay. The good kills one of his guys, like while he's going up, and then you know he sends some guys back to go look for it, and he sends the guy back, and the guy's walking through and opens the door and just gets like blasted ten feet back. Yeah, yeah. But even um, even like when uh, the weird shoots up the train car in the back to get the the, I I don't even think he's there to steal the map. I think he's just there to rob them. Right. And it's like, that's the richest people on the train is in that train car. And he knew that. Um, So he just kind of like haphazardly attained the map. Um, And they're in the front, right? Because they're connected to the front of the, because as you've seen, you know, you've seen Snowpiercer. That's where the rich people are. I have not seen Snowpiercer, but. Doesn't matter. That's where the rich people are. Got it. Okay. That's fine. That's not a spoiler. Um, so, and I love how, like, right after, the, you know, uh, the weird, you're like, how is he going to get out of this? Because the bad has a ton of guys there. And then, so the weird starts the train back up and then gets off on his motorcycle and is just kind of riding away. <laughs> the coolest line so far in the film was when he's uh, commissioning the bat, the boss is commissioning the bat to, to steal back the map. And he's like, yeah, so you're going to have to catch the train when it's at the stop. And he's like, he's like, we don't wait for the train. We stop the train. And then it shows him like blowing the rails up. I was like, okay, that's badass. And you're right. He leads the drama because partially he's the antagonist, but he's also the most melodramatic out of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. When he has this sort of like joie de vie, like he, he makes everything more, more than what it needs <laughs> than to what be. it is yeah 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 like the way he stops the train with like the fire on it and all the smoke it's just like he's got showmanship right you know he, black he eyeliner knows, <laughs> he he yeah, maybe i'm maybe i was wrong he uh he knows where the camera is so he knows what the best angle to to do stuff at right no absolutely um and i i love too the way as the weird is driving off in his motorcycle the good is shooting at the bad the bad shooting at weird so then the good and the bad start shooting at each other. And then there's just these dudes who I say earlier are probably like, they're the ghost marketplace thugs. I think they might be either Chinese or Mongolian or something like that. And they're just watching this and they're like, oh, that's interesting. What's going on? He's shooting at him. Hey, is that that guy? Okay, we should probably we should probably get whatever he, whatever he stole. You know, we're just very nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah, it, you know, especially this being in a in a different language and how many people there are in each gang, like the the black market gang, and then got the got the bads gang, and I think there's another gang, and I'm not even talking about the Japanese army. I'm talking about just just gangs and and like affiliations. It gets muddled, and I'm like, would it be easier for me to understand this if I understood Korean, or is it just complicated and you just do your best to try to keep up with it yeah i'm not i'm not sure it it almost doesn't matter right because there and as we're talking about this there's going to be points coming up where it's like you see people going so next the weird goes to this area and he meets his friend he tells him about the the map and he's like oh i think it might be a treasure map so he tells his friend like hey you know you you go find out what you can about this. And he doesn't trust his friend to take the map. And you're like, uh, I wonder, you know, if he doesn't trust him, then we shouldn't trust him. And it kind of, you know, you find out that he shouldn't trust him. But it's like, I think in that spot and then in the next spot, there's several different groups maybe chasing after him or it's confusing who's chasing after him. Because like in this part, he's asleep, right? Mm-hmm. And then he hears someone knocking at his door and the guy's like, oh, this is um, Young Hoon. Young Chun, Chun. Yeah. and he's and and then the guy's like shit why did i tell him my name and then he shoots through the door and those guys chase after him and then they immediately go to the bad the bad who has just killed his boss who put him on this mission um and it's so funny he like he stabs his boss and then he's just like oh i've killed him 
And then the boss starts crawling away. It's like, why are you crawling away now, man? Just like wait a few minutes until he like. I mean, you probably it's like the nineteen twenties, thirties, whatever. You're gonna die anyway, but like you've secured it by like letting him see that you're still alive. Um, but they go to the bat and they're like, oh, he uh, he was at this place, but he escaped. And I was like, all right, were your guys already there, or did you just know about it? And then later on, we see the bads guys and the ghost marketplace gang several times, like going after the weird and good but you don't know like who is who they're not wearing like uniforms. So it's like very confusing who's shooting at who and what's happening. And, and um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but on this point that we're still talking about when they go to kind of the second big set piece and there's like a three way shootout where it's the good, the weird, basically, you know, shooting out between the two gangs. Um, there's one where I think, the bad yeah it was the bad pulls pulls a gang member aside and he's like are you with them and he's like we wouldn't be with chicken shits like them but then i was like so with who like who are you mistaking it for so i think at that point there were three gangs but yeah i don't whatever but like you said it really doesn't matter because you're kind of just following the three main guys and that if you can follow them everyone else kind of falls into place Right. And uh, one thing I, I skipped over, but when the bad kills, the guy's name is Panju. Um, he he has this really cool line, which is, it's not like unique or anything, but he's like, people know that they must die, but they live like they never will. And it's like, that's so, it's, it's a good line. Um, you like that? I did. I thought that was, that was good writing. Um, and so then uh, we get basically where the good is now after bad. The ghost market thugs are after the map and we get now to the ghost market and you can see people trailing the weird. He goes into the shack where his granny is. The granny, all the stuff with the grandma is very funny. Just like he's like talking to her. He's like, I don't know how you're still alive. You're so fucking old. He's like, you're going to outlive me. And what's funny too is that when he like, if he entrusts anyone with the map, it's his granny who he like puts her in a closet says like take the map don't come out of the closet and then when the big shootout comes um you know it's like granny's safe everything's okay and what's really funny too is he so he he leaves grandma there he driving out and there's this really funny shot where he's just driving his motorcycle the good shoots him and the motorcycle flips like what feels like 10 times in the desert. But then the good seemingly, yeah, no, he takes him right black, right back to the marketplace that he just right. ran from to find the map. So it's like it almost, he just left just for this funny bit of him flipping in the desert, which was funny. That and like, maybe that's just like, they needed a scene by itself for the good and the weird to join forces, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and so at this point, the uh, the weird tells him like about the treasure map, and um, and he like takes him in, and I he takes him into his camp. I guess to where where we this one set is like we see it one time. It's the goods like camp. Yeah, it's like in has, the middle of the desert with a fire. And he has this yeah. jail, and the, the weird just like. I'm very thirsty. I'm, I'm like very, very thirsty. And the guy's about to give him water. And then the good calls the guy away. So he has to like drink it out of the, out of the, like off the ground. And I love when he thinks he's escaping and he's like running through and he's laughing. And then he just looks over and the good's looking at him. He's like, are you escaping? He's like, uh, no, the hook came out really easily. You guys should get that fixed. He's like, okay, we'll go back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? We also never see like the other people with the good ever again. Like the other people at the camp. Yeah, no, yeah, we do not see those characters again. We even hear one's name when the good calls that I think it's a little boy uh or it might be a little girl that calls them to like come over to him and we never see that person again. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So now we have like almost this, uh, the good has the weird captive, I guess. Um, but they're also working together to, um, go on the adventure of, of treasure hunting with this map. Um, 
at the same time, obviously, you have the bad trying to hunt them down with the map. What I found interesting, too, is that there's another scene where the good... I think like this comes way later, but I just wanted to mention it now. The good and the weird set up camp, like in the middle of the desert, and they go to sleep. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but the good goes to sleep, and the weird pulls a gun on him, and then it cuts to the weird escaping, and it doesn't establish like did he kill the good? Like you're as the audience, you're wondering for a second about that right you you know what scene i'm talking about i know yeah i know you're talking about it's a little later on and i don't i don't think there's any chance you would have actually killed him like obviously just from a movie making perspective you're not going to kill one of your main characters that early especially when it's an homage to a movie where there's a a standoff at the very end of it but um i think the the whole point is at that point the good is like oh this is just the person you know we're trusting each other we need each other and the weird's like, nah, I don't, I don't need you. Like, I can, I can continue because he has this like, this thing about him where he just doesn't really die. Um, but, but before that, we get this scene where um, the weird's friend uh, Mangil basically sells a copy of the map to the ghost thugs, and then the bad sits down afterwards and is like, you know, hey, I want the, I want your friend the weird, and I want the map, and. <laughs> the friend tells him to go fuck himself and then just basically gets like sliced up like continue like continually just sliced and sliced and sliced until the good and the weird come in and save him so the way i understood this is that and this is like the next big set piece but the way i understood this was that the friend betrayed the weird to the ghost market gang and then the ghost market gang betrayed the friend to the bad. Uh, and at that point, I thought the bad and the ghost market gang were kind of like sympathetic, like they were working together. Um, but not really, you find out. But I thought they were at that point, you know? Uh, I just think it was coincidence that they both knew where to go. Um, I didn't think they were like working with each other at all. Um, but this does lead to probably one of the coolest action scenes, right? I guess there's there's three big ones from this point when on. This happened. I was like, "Am I watching what I think I'm watching?" Just various pulley systems throughout this town. This guy's able to shoot and then have himself thrown around, and the dude is flying. The- He's flying above like an old Western Korean town. With like a rifle, just making buckshots at like at like guys on roofs as he's fucking flying. I was like, "This is dramatic," but I love it. He also shoots a dude through a scope. The guy like flat, like you see his uh, his scope flashlight, and then he just shoots the dude's eye out, which is pretty cool. Yep. I love yeah. right before this though. Um, he still has at this point. He doesn't trust the weird, so he has him tied up, and he won't even give him a gun. And uh, he's like. I need you to run across so I can see where they're at. And he's like, should I go in a straight line or zigzag? And he's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just decide in the moment. And then you <laughs> see him, he's like zigzagging. And then he's like caught on a pole, just like sitting there getting shot at. Um, and then also when he's getting thrown around by the really big dude with like the Bowser hammer. Um, yeah. And he's like, I need my guns. And he just tosses them to him. So nonchalantly, but like nowhere near him. <laughs> that, was like one of my favorite moments of the movie and he he I like how quick the good thinks on his feet too right like it shows that he's really intelligent so he's like okay the bad guys are there and then they're not there and he's like where did they go and then the minute he's like oh shit they're above us they start shooting from above him cornering them and he's like how do I get above them and that's when he like he's like oh shit if I hold on to this rope do this pulley thing i'll fly above there and then he just fucking fucking i don't like flies around on a rope it's It's like it's like he had done it before (laughs) exactly and then um the bad escapes and they're dragging uh mangil the friend and i kind of missed like how they stopped him i was like did 
the good shoot the rope and then I rewound. It's like, oh no, he just shoot the dude who was dragging him, just shot him off his horse. That's how he yeah. stopped it. Yeah. And we never see if that guy dies. I assume. He All died. right. So that's another question I had for you. I didn't know if I missed something. I was pretty sure he died, but we never see it. I mean, from the wounds, he got very fucked up. Uh, so I would. Imagine. I love how, um, like, okay. So spoiler alert for the end of the movie for people who haven't seen it, but you're made to believe that the bad has a notorious name as the finger chopper, that he's the big villain way back when, Known as the finger chopper, he chopped off his own finger, who then chopped off other people's fingers, et cetera, et cetera. He's insane finger chopping guy. And so he, I guess, knowing that he's not the finger chopper himself, obviously, knowing who is, he decides, and it's the weird, he decides to chop off the finger for um, his friend. But it's the dullest knife known to man. And that whole thing where he tries to chop off the finger and the knife isn't sharp enough to do so. And he uses this like dangling finger. I was like, and this is the kind of where you were saying like the movie's funny. Like even in like really tense scenes, it still has a way to like make you laugh. And to make someone laugh in a scene where someone's trying to chop someone's finger off, like peak, peak comedy right there. So we next get where uh, it's the camping scene you were talking about. And well, there's two camping scenes. First, there's the camping bads group is camping. And this random fucking dude is just like, hey, so uh, Mr. Bad, I heard you had a duel with weird. Some say he was better than you, but I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> Bad's like, you want to fucking see? Stand up. It's just like, why are you so stupid? Like, I was why? wondering about that, too. Yeah. Uh, and then the one with... Uh, and I hadn't, I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in like ten years, right? But there's the camping scene with um, the good and the weird, and the good is like, yeah, bad is a finger chopper, and that's his name. And I was like, you can kind of tell that the weird knows that's not true, that he's not the finger chopper. Um, but I was like, I wonder how hard it is to tell if you've never seen this before, and how like good the reveal is at the end. And I think you were saying like, oh, you didn't see it coming. No, I didn't see it coming at all. I and I can't even tell you like I can't even now go back and watch it and be like, oh yeah, you know, this moment was no, because it's it's been ruined for me. So but honestly when it was re- revealed at the end that the weird is the finger chopper, uh I was just like, Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and then we get, uh, I like how, uh, the weird wants to, is telling his dream to the good guy about like, Oh, I want to buy my land back. And then weird can't even stay up long enough to hear the good dream. He's just like, no, I'm going to bed. I don't fucking care about your dream. But he's not really asleep because in a few moments when the good goes to sleep, he wakes up and points a gun at the good. Yep. And then he just takes off. Um, and we get this small scene where Byung Chun, follows the friend's map and it just leads to the ocean and they're just like fuck we went the wrong way and i don't know how they end up finding their way back to finding where the weird is they like meet up with the japanese and the bad and all that chasing after the weird but somehow they make it back um but the next scene that's pretty good is uh, the weird stops at like kind of like a brothel and he's got basically like this opium dealer but this opium dealer knows exactly who he is and he wants the treasure map because he wants to use it to um, help, you know, the Koreans prosper and overthrow the Japanese is, is what he says, which is, which is bullshit. But like, I was like, one, when, when this was happening and I didn't remember how the movie ended, I was like, it kind of sounds like this is like oil. You know what I mean? Or like, I was like, what is this? You know, this isn't just going to be like gold that's going to like do this. You know, it has to be in like, so the oil definitely makes sense. You want to know um, what I thought? What? I didn't think it was oil. I actually, I didn't think it was like a physical thing at all. I thought maybe the map was like misinterpreted and to like the common eye to them, it might look like a treasure map, but then like you give it to like a military power, like a general or something. And it's like reveals some sort of weak point in someone's like overtaking system, like for the Japanese or for the Koreans. So I thought it was like more of a, more of like a mine thing. I didn't think it was something as simple as like gold or oil or something like that. 
Maybe the treasure was just like the friends that we made along you the way. You made along the way. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I uh, I love the scene where they're getting weird high and he like, keeps getting mad at the girl blowing smoke in his face. He's like, what are you doing? I can't breathe. Stop doing this. And then they roofie him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he was like, Mr. Independent. <laughs> and then we get not one, but two dudes getting stabbed in the b-hole to death <laughs> i thought you were just gonna say butthole or asshole or in the butt i did not expect b-hole but yes yes they did um yeah, did you say b-hole because <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say did you say b-hole because children are present in that scene uh no nah, just what came out honestly and it is very hilarious and i love how he tells them he stabbed the dude in the asshole and then tells the kids to close their eyes before he kicks it deeper in to kill the dude. And then does the exact same thing to the leader, the opium dealer later on. I'm pretty um, sure the little girl does that to the opium dealer. Well, all the kids, they stab it in him. And then I think he forces it in harder. Oh, like you needed man strength to get that thing up there. The killing kick. Yeah. Um, and now, we and, then the, of... and then, the, and then they come to like investigate. I, I don't know who it is. Like the cop, <laughs> and they just have like, oh, okay, it is the Japanese. The Japanese military comes to like investigate, and it's just these two guys face down with their butts in the air and like two fucking spears sticking out of it. <laughs> One of the generals was like, "This is the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in my entire life." <laughs> and like knowing like what they had done to people, that makes it even a little funnier. Even it's like, so That's true. Yeah, we're getting basically to the start of the end right here. And we're probably like got like 40 minutes left in the movie. But the Japanese, the ghost market gang, the bad and the good all converge on this basically fucking like straight out of a Western ghost town. Yeah. And they find the weird there. And for some reason, he stops there. It's just basically the starting point of the chase. Right. And this chase scene is like. You know, it's kind of reminiscent of, and this came out first, but it's a little reminiscent of um, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road. I was going to say Mad Max, yeah. Because it just goes on forever. There's like barely, it's all action. It's just like really well done. Um, This whole And there's layers to it too, right? Absolutely. It's not just just one, you know, trail following another trail. It's, it's. It's linear as like they're all going in a straight line. But when when the good comes up behind everyone, especially the Japanese army starts like shooting cannons at them and then the good comes up behind him and them and then just starts taking out everyone just one shot after another. I was like, this is cool. It absolutely was. And there's this one part where like a motorcycle, like, first of all, all these horses are keeping up with the weird and like catching up to him. And I was like, that's fucking not doesn't make sense. He's on a motorcycle. I was also wondering how he kept gassing this thing up and like she still had it, especially he crashed in the desert. But yeah, neither here nor there. Um, but then at one point, another motorcycle like catches up to him and like pulls up right next to him. He just fucking shoots him. <laughs> because i i thought obviously like the director wanted you to think at that moment like oh shit like his equal like someone who could actually fuck him up you know taken out super easily barely an inconvenience and then one of my favorite parts is that when the car comes up to them they do like this exchange where like one guy goes to shoots him and he or stabs him and he ends up in the in the sidecar and then he jumps over to the car and then yeah. he kind of just abandons his motorcycle and then he's just in the car now, but not before finding a bunch of TNT in the back of the car. And then he throws the guy driving the car out of the car just to be revealed that he stuck lit TNT in his like back pocket. And then you all you see is just an explosion in the in the far distance. That whole thing, the way it plays out. The way that it establishes how he lit the TNT thing, because then it established like five scenes before that he has a lighter because he was going to yep. smoke. Everything is so good. Sorry, I just wanted to get all that off because it was so effective. And now the way we have it is he's driving in a car away from everyone, especially the biggest um, threat is the Jap- the Japanese right now. 
Yeah. And, and one thing that's cool too, is so you like, you have the ghost people, the ghost market thugs chasing him and the bads guys chasing him. And then for a while, they don't even realize that they're next to each other. And then they kind of start shooting each other a little bit, but mostly they're focused on the weird. Right. But then mm-hmm. you have the Japanese start bombing all of these guys. And that's just like to thin out the numbers it's from a story making perspective of how do you sure, get sure. this down to the final three? But then you're like, all right, well, how are the Japanese going to get out of it? And then, first of all, the good just coming through and blasting fucking people is so awesome. Like mm-hmm. the way he like flips his gun into cocking and shit is so cool. And that at one point he shoots one of the Japanese guys with like the automatic Machine gun. gun. Yeah. And then it takes out an entire another truck. Um, but then the scene with the dynamite where he sets all the dynamite up, but he can't light it in time because the Japanese get too close. And so yeah, then the good shoots good. it to blow it up. And, and, and he, the fact that the, the weird knows how skilled the good is. So all he has to do is like, look at the good, look at the dynamite, look back at the good. The good looks at him. The good looks at the dynamite. And he already knows to duck behind his car because he knows he's going to shoot it. There's also during this this cool part where the uh, the bad gets shot off of his horse, and then he just mm. shoots one of his own dudes to take that guy's horse. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, he another guy. Uh, this is right after uh, the weird escape the Japanese in this canyon, and then like was back out in the desert with no one around, but then was on top of another canyon. Like, um, but the bad is like he's basically by himself. Some of his dudes run off and then this guy is dying on the ground. He's like, you're supposed to fight to the end and like just shoots the guy in the head. Just like at the end to establish like he is not a good he's person. He's the bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this, this basically puts enough distance between the weird and everyone else and the weird, believe it or not, at this point, he's still following the map and he gets to like what looks like, I don't know, the remnants of a ghost town. Like, all that's yeah. left is like maybe house left standing and a shack. And I love like he goes through the door and it's just like nothing there. And I also, I really love the binoculars joke where he's looking, he like senses someone might be there and he looks through his binoculars and it turns this one way that we haven't looked and like there's a gun pointed at him. And then right after the joke of uh, the goods, like, all right, well, you know, you dig and he's like, wait, why am I the only one that digging? I'm not going to be the only one that digs. <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, no, no. You mean I dig a little bit and then you dig. And the, the good's like, no, you dig. Uh, but before that could happen, um, whatever they're standing on, um, which looks like basically a foundation of a of a house. Later on, we kind of realize it's an oil rig, right? But um, the house thing, the foundation collapses and that causes enough time uh to for for the bad to catch up and so now this is where we have the <clears throat> standoff and uh uh it's basically like a pride thing right like this could probably easily be solved even to the fact that the the bad had a jump on both of them but he wants to prove that he's the best gunman in the land so he challenges them yeah and it's he sells the good on it very easily but the weird is like i'm not doing this and he just kind of keeps shooting at him keeps shooting at him and uh then he has the line of like you still got my finger finger chopper and there's one thing we didn't mention we sort of alluded to but there's this point where this one guy starts talking to the bad early on he's like don't follow the weird because that i've never seen that guy has gone through so many situations where he should have died and he never dies he's like do not go up against him and of course the bad stabs that dude in the throat. But so they keep tempting, you know, the weird with money and this and that. And then uh and then he says the whole finger chopper line, pulls off the the glove, and he's like, the weird is like, I left that behind in, in Korea, you know, I don't do that anymore. Um but then the weird is just finally like, fuck it. I never die anyway, so you guys are gonna see. Like you shouldn't have done this. Can we also talk about the wind whistling through the finger, metal finger, finger joint of the bad, and it's making that, like, sound? And, yeah, this is great. Well, then there's also this, like, Western music that's definitely, like, uh, an homage to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but it's also got these, like, hip-hop elements to it, too. Like, it's a really right, good song. Right. Um, and then we have a, a Korean standoff, and everyone gets <laughs> shot a whole lot. whole and lot. It's just, 
it just ends with them all on the ground. Like they're probably all going to die, but we don't know. And then it just kind of fades to black. And, and as it's fading, we see the oil pop up and it's like, oh, that's oil. And it also, it kind of ties into earlier when we were talking about the, um, the, his friend was reading the map and he's like, what do he say? He's like buried, excavate. You have to bring it up in heaps and heaps. Like, it's something along those lines. It's like, oh, okay. Like, it all makes sense now what, what this was. Um, well, they saw it. They they get to see what it was before they, you know, pass away. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed this, and maybe I'm reaching. But you know the whole, like, three monkeys? Like, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil? Okay. When the thing went, like, when the when the oil thing initially popped off, um the bad was the one who heard it pop off. Uh, and then the weird was the one who said, what is that? As in like, he sees it first. And then the, uh, the good says, um, he says something. He's like, Oh, there it is. Or something like that. And I just was like, did they mean to like one, one initially heard it, one initially saw it and one initially spoke of it. And I, I, I was just wondering, it's like the threes and the good, hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. I thought, I don't know. I drew my conclusions on like, maybe there was a theme of that there in that moment. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Or oh, it's just um... a coincidence. <laughs> You're like... Well, so the, the red that was flowing on them represented blood because they were dying. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I like, you know, a lot of times we talk about, do you want definitive endings or not? I like this one though, in that it basically shows you the ending, but whether one of these guys lives or not is really up to you. And, um, especially when you have the whole, like, not all of them are no one's just good or bad or weird. They all have their own stuff. And like the whole, the weird doesn't die thing. It just, it allows you to kind of speculate on how things played out, but you really did get to see the ending of it. And I mean, the bad got shot a lot more than anyone else. Yeah. 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 Especially by the good. The, 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 okay. So a couple of things I want to talk about the ending. My points are one, you are pretty sure that you want the good to live. Like he's the most morally righteous character, but also you're more emotionally connected to the weird and, and maybe you don't give a shit about the bad, but by the time that that shootout happens and they're all on the ground bleeding to death, you're kind of conflicted in, in, and at least I was in the fact that it's fine if they all die. And then I kind of want none of them to die. Like I, 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 you become way more conflicted than what you initially thought, um, you know, what you wanted at the beginning of this. Um, well, 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 one reason I think you become conflicted is because, and this is like, you know, the good, how good is the good, right? Because he has his gun drawn on the bad, and this is this guy he's supposed to be taking in, and the bad's like, oh, we should have a standoff, you know, we should play a game to see who's the best. And if he was really good, he'd just be like, no, I have to take you in. It's my job to take you in. I'm a bounty hunter or whatever. But he's like, no, I'll play. And it's like that being that flippant with like life and death. You're like a little bit like, all right, you're not that morally great of a character. Yeah, it's just like, it's like the bad's bad, the good's good, and the weird is morally gray. And then by the time you get there, it's like they're all morally compromised. And then maybe the bad isn't as morally compromised as you initially thought because you didn't understand why he had this like vendetta against this poor guy. And then you understand why. And when you do, you're like, oh, fuck the weird. Go the bad. Like the bad has a point. And yeah, so it's it's, it's very interesting. Now, the ending ending, the very, very ending. I mean, the credits even roll. And then this is like a mid credit scene sort of ending. You have the two wanted posters the bad and the weird and then the bad is basically crossed out and marked dead and then they exchange the weird to like a different picture of him and his bounty has gone up extremely like by six seven times higher um 
And then you just see like a kind of a shadowy character looking at the wanted posters and moving on. I take it that that's the good. I did not see the credit scene. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. You just you just immediately stopped the movie right when the, like the credits started rolling. Dude, it was bedtime, man. It was like 1030. All right. Okay. So basically, no, no, it... you already described it perfectly. I know it. Okay. happened. I mean, so the bad is dead and the weird is not, uh, which is what was my takeaway too from it. Like it's what but the good, be... the good is not either. I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It, it is funny as you're watching the shootout though, you're like, why are they both shooting the weird so much? And then they're like the, and then like towards the end, the bad gets really fucking shot up. Um, but yeah, that all makes sense to me. Like it ending that way, and those the two are the two that lives. Like that is kind of how you would foresee it happening. The weird got shot up quite a bit. the The one who makes like logically the most sense to live is the good because he didn't get shot as much as the other two. But well, because um, they don't, no one has any history with the, him. That's the other thing too. It's kind of funny. Like it reminded me a little bit of Old Boy in that the bad has this vendetta against the weird and is like this guy, he did it. And the weird's like, like fucking Thanos. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? He acts <laughs> like he's like barely remembers it. It's like, yeah. you cut off a lot of fingers in Korea. All right. Like you're going to have to be more specific. It's like, dude, I cut off one of your fingers. It's not like I cut off four or five chill, you know, you know what my name used to be? It used to be Dick Chopper. All right. But I changed <laughs> the fingers. <laughs> So, but look, I need to chill. <laughs> please, when you rewatch this movie with your wife, please watch that end credits scene. Okay, it's not at the very end of the credits; it's kind of like a, a mid roll, but um, you get the full picture there. But yeah, no, man, I I really like this movie. I, you know, you said this is our last Korean movie of the month, and it is. It's actually our last Korean movie of the year, but it doesn't mean that we don't have a lot more Korean movies to do on this podcast because I find them. Very interesting. And you know what? I just want to say one more thing is that back when we were talking about Mother, uh, I said it's very hard that like it's very rare that any of these characters are vindicated in in Korean movies. Um, And, and, you know, there's not really like a redemption arc for anyone. And it kind of goes along with this, too, is is that because you view characters even at the last second as like morally gray or different than what you kind of perceive them to be before no one is really justified in this thing and and i'm i'm curious to watch more korean flicks about you know just in general and see if that is just a very common trope um of this like you might be wrong but there's no there's no you know, point in proving you right sort of thing. Yeah. And um, one thing I want to end on is, so one, at the time, this was the most expensive South Korean movie ever yeah, made. No shit. <laughs> but it's obviously been clearly surpassed. And the other thing is, so I told you this is a Korean spaghetti Western. And I was like, all right, so what do we call that? And I went to Ashley and I was like, you know, what would be the spaghetti version? You know, would be a, the Korean spaghetti dish. And then I just read a uh, an interview with the director, and he's like, "Yeah, I like to call this a kimchi western." It's like, "Son of a bitch!" That's like the best. Son of a bitch! Yeah, it's great kimchi yeah, western. Ashley came up with some stuff, and I was like, "That's eh, not going to work. That's not going to be it." Because ramen ramen is more Japanese, and pho is Vietnamese, and it, it's yeah, yeah. So those would be if you had a Vietnamese western, it would be a pho. The thing is, you can't do a pho western, though, right? Right. Because then right. there, it's like sounds like a fake western. A, a ramen western, though, if it's a, for a Japanese one, is like absolutely perfect. But I think kimchi works really well. And he was describing how like uh, kimchi is spicy and vibrant, which is like what he thinks this movie is. And I think that's like a perfect way to describe it. Like it's it's Brilliant. vibrant, it's funny, Brilliant. it's action packed. Like this is like a great way to and it's a it's a palate cleanser from the other things we did. And so I'm glad we ended on this one. Same. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and I finally watched the good, the bad, the weird.